0: Perfect, well hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TF Tuesday pod. My name is Zill. It's good to see you all back again this week. I actually have a small announcement to make. There is now a transcript feature on Spotify, so you can actually read along for most of the uh, new and upcoming episodes through there if you are looking for closed captioning. It is auto-generated, and it's fully through Spotify, so I can't control it, but I did actually read through it while listening for the last episode, and it actually is surprisingly pretty accurate. So just a... uh, note of that before we begin. But anyways, I'm joined by my co-host, K-Libra. How are you doing, K-Libra?
1: doing all right. I'm glad to be sleeping better. That was really driving me nuts.
0: Yeah, you got a new pillow, right?
1: Yeah, recently. And for anybody that doesn't already know, a good pillow will actually cost you a lot of money, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Just go shopping for one. at uh, a place that is about sleep and You know, if you can lay on it and if it feels good, then go with it and Mm. you will have better time. Yeah.
0: Or you can be like me and have the same pillow for fourteen years.
1: I would have done that if I could get away with it, but I couldn't get away with it anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I know yours was not doing you any favors, unfortunately. So All my old pillows are back in New York anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Rip. Rip to the pillows in New York. (laughs) I we have a really exciting guest joining us today. Before we get to that, I just uh, again, a brief plug as always, uh, you can, if you like our show, you can support us on patreon.com slash Pod. We have a wonderful Patreon where you can vote on things and talk to us on our Discord and also just support us because we're, you know, a pretty small team here of people and we do this as a, a labor of love, so any and all support, while not necessary or mandatory, is very much appreciated. So, um, shout out to all of our patrons um but yeah with that i will turn it over to art accountant who's joining us today so maybe you can give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself
2: yeah sure thing um hello i'm art accountant you might know me by that name or if you follow me on other really any other social media or business stuff lunacy art you can also call me oswin you can follow me on my patreon at lunacy art uh for all things transformation all the fun stuff webcomic updates and yeah i think that's That's a fine intro, right? Yeah. No, I think that's pretty
0: solid. That hits all of the main points, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, to set the ground rules and such, I'm curious as to what got you into transformation and uh, if it was something you struggled to accept about yourself at all.
2: Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, the first movie that really got me into it, and I think the first one that comes up is the... Early 2000s Van Helsing with like Hugh Jackman. Oh, I know yeah. that's kind of like a stereotypical answer, but I was like, oh God, I don't even remember how old I was. But that was one where I was like, these werewolves are really cool, and I'm only watching this movie for that, but I don't really know why.
0: <laughs> <I> didn't <laughs> learn
2: it until very later in life. But yeah. you know, we figured it out eventually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's always like, I feel like so many of us start to just consume the content before we realize what it is that we like about it. I mean we 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 know but we don't really know. And then after oh, yeah. certain like repeat viewings or what have you, it kind of clicks and we're like, oh, oh this is the thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That's why. <laughs> yeah.
1: It made me realize just now, uh, you said that the stereotypical answer is Ben Ben Helsing, uh, but I wouldn't feel that way. So now I'm realizing that with time, that stereotype is going to change, and now I'm thinking what media is going to be the one where you're going to expect most people to answer, because the stereotypical answer would be American Werewolf in London, apparently, but that wasn't yours. Yeah, that got me thinking now.
2: Could be could be age difference, too. I don't know. <laughs> 99, you know. <laughs> yeah, potentially.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like at some point we're going to get into a period of time where there's people who are like, turning red is what got me into TF, and I'm going to be like, I would like to turn into dust now. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, obviously, you started with Van Helsing. What kind of, like, led you from that into, like actual like creating it yourself like was there kind of a through line between that and like other pieces of media to drawing or was drawing something that you'd already been doing and then you know van helsing and other things fed into that
2: drawing was definitely something that i had already been doing um i've been drawing since i was a wee tiny child Mm. um my grandma was actually a really big artists and every time i would go over to her house she'd be like here have these pencils have this paper get to work um she did some really cool like stained glass art and stuff so she was very encouraging as far as like artistic growth and i feel like it took a really long time for me to make the bridge into doing any kind of transformation art or even Mm -hmm. like looking it up because i was i feel like i was so young when i did watch like dan helsing it just didn't really it took a lot of time to translate um I guess I I feel like I'm still pretty new honestly in terms of longevity of being in like the TF space Mm -hmm. so it definitely took a while to kind of bridge that gap in between and actually start drawing it yeah
0: no that makes sense and when did you start like sharing it online
2: oh gosh honestly probably it's probably only been two or three years oh wow okay I feel like yeah I feel like kind of COVID times were when I actually started like drawing it and then a little bit after that I was like oh I can like share this and be okay with it (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) that's great well then so you know you mentioned obviously becoming like okay with like doing it and posting Mm. it so did you have any trouble when you were making it like was it a subject you felt you had to like push yourself to start making
2: it wasn't necessarily pushing myself to start making it it was more so like a comfortability thing Mm. um I didn't really Okay, context, I'm an ace, so it, it yeah. took me a really long time to even realize, like, oh, this is something that people are into in a way that I didn't really know about, and it took me a really long time to be like, oh, I'm actually into this too, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, it kind of helped me go along my own identity and be like, oh, I'm growing from this as well and learning, you know, new parts about myself that are, you know, affirming. So it definitely it was kind of I grew along with it and as I got more comfortable I started to post more about it and learn more about it and all that
0: all that goodness yeah no that's great i feel like especially when someone like has like an ace identity and is like encountering TF. I I definitely started there myself. Like it can be really difficult to like disentangle it, especially because you often get a very loud kind of protection of some kinds in terms of why certain people like it. And it can confuse you a little bit in terms of like, well, is that why I'm also into it? No. But like, how do I reconcile it? Like, I feel like there's a lot that has to be sorted through with that kind of perspective.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And especially just with like, like, chronically online things, kind of like you just said, it's just like, there's so much conflicting information of like, whenever you have a label for yourself, you have to be this, you can't do that. Yeah. If you're doing one thing, you can't be doing the other. And it's just, you know, a whole conflicting thing. That's like, am I still this? If I'm like this? I don't know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Seems to me like the idea of labeling can be very useful as far as understanding yourself goes. It's like start to get a grip. Often it won't be the totality of how you are or how you feel you are. And uh, that's why I still subscribe to the philosophy of never join a group that has a name. (laughs) And so you say, yeah, this is basically how I describe myself. That's that's fine. But yeah, it, it does become problematic for people when you, when you feel like something very closely describes you, but if other people are going to start telling you not, nah, that ain't it. It's, it's not really a discussion when people do that, and I hate it when that happens, so it's definitely confusing. And when you're looking into transformation stuff, especially in, especially in a sexual capacity, that can make you feel really uncomfortable because all kinds of potential labels come up and then you have no idea how other people are going to see you, what you count as. And uh, I don't know, if if anybody's still on a journey to understand what any of these words mean for themselves, oh, they could end up having a really hard time, especially if you're trying to talk to other people about it. hmm
2: yeah, I think, I think labels are good for kind of like a jumping off point. So mm-hmm. you figure something out, you get this label. Now you can go research that label, yeah. learn what it's all about, and then kind of make your own decision if you want to stick with that label or you're like, oh, I like the name, that kind of fits me, but I don't want to be just that, you know, kind of yeah. like you just said. So I think it's a good like jumping off point, but fine if you don't want to stick with it.
1: Yeah. I think it's very good to not resign yourself to something like that. You never know how you're going to be a few years from now, no matter how certain you may seem. So yeah, I agree. The, uh, the jumping off point, starting point, um, just something to get a grip on yourself. If you feel like you don't really understand why you seem different or why you seem to line up with certain other kinds of people or ideas.
0: Yeah, no,
1: I think that's a really good point.
0: And I think, you know, on the topic, of course, of other people interacting with oneself, especially within this space, you know, I know that not everyone always feels comfortable in terms of talking to other people within the fandom. And it's not unusual to want to connect, but that like talking bit is always a bridge that kind of needs to be crossed. And different people have different levels of comfort with that. So I was curious... If you have had that interest in talking to other people and if so what makes you want to get to talking to more people within the fandom? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, definitely. I think that's a, that's a fairly recent thing I think of wanting to actually like physically talk with other people mm-hmm. or, you know, talk at people via streaming. Right. Um but I think the biggest thing with that for me anyway is kind of, as you were saying, is getting others to talk back as well. Um, because I have learned so much about myself through being in this community and just being online, um, you know, kind of lurking through people's comments and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever uh, Discord servers I happen to be on <laughs> at the time. But I think just letting people know that it's okay to talk, to ask questions, to, mm-hmm. you know, just be there um, and not feel scared that you're like interrupting something or you're intruding on anything um because i think it's important to continue to build that like sense of community even if it's not you know in person just having something online where you feel like you can go to to ask people questions or just feel like you're not gonna you know get shit for asking something where you otherwise might not be able to i think that's really important for me is starting to like go more into talking with other people
1: yeah yeah It's weird how tough it can be to get a dialogue going with Mm -hmm. a group I feel very largely really wants acceptance. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's a really frustrating thing, and uh, I still kind of still struggle with it because it's it's why I made my own space in the first place. I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere, despite seemingly sharing in common sharing a lot in common with other people, and so yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to like carving out spaces to have these kinds of discussions, like you said, Libra, I think a lot of people are looking for acceptance. And then there are people who are looking for acceptance, but also like don't necessarily give that acceptance to other people. And I think that's where sometimes a large part of the issue can come from. Like if we all want acceptance, it also means that we have to have acceptance for others. And I feel like that second bit sometimes gets lost in translation to some degree. And I don't even think it's necessarily people are like doing that deliberately, but I think in large part because everyone is still, you know, figuring out how to like communicate online, especially like in the post Panini era, that's all kind of like scrambled our brains. I think that there's still an element of like figuring out how to be a part of something that's less of a fandom and more of a community. And I think it's that transition that a lot of people are craving, but are having a hard time like helping to shepherd along.
1: Yeah, I I guess so. And it's 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 all it's a bunch of things too in group out group stuff oh yeah if you happen to join if you have to get into a space or happen to be speaking to somebody who's in a friend group uh, might try to bring you in and if you're a little different or something like that and it's just something that happens (laughs) and and i think not too many people kind of really conscious of that when it does happen it can go over my head Which is why I think it's good that if you have a space, I don't think there should be a lot of expectations as to how one should be. More or less like what you're looking for and, I don't know, just making the best place possible. It's tough. And that's its own conversation, really, especially for this. Mm -hmm. and uh and and also because like um so if you've been like lurking in discord servers our accountant uh ozzy if you will have you gotten anything out of uh just hanging around in certain servers and kind of looking in so far
2: oh yeah i mean i'm in you know your server in the for the some of the tf stuff and just being able to see like other people's galleries just looking at what people are working on is Mm -hmm. always fun um, but more so, I think it had more of an impact, you know, probably a year or two ago. Just like being on Twitter on FA, cause that was a time when I was really starting to kind of question myself as far as like gender identity, ace mm-hmm. identity, all that, you know, all the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so just being there and just looking and seeing other people kind of going through the same thing or just posting about it or making art that is like, reminiscent of it was very affirming to be like okay i'm not alone in this and someone is kind of doing it in a way that i can understand so even just lurking and not necessarily interacting has was a, a very good like mental boost just to see <laughs> that other people are also feeling the same kind of way and kind of doing going the same route to figure it out or even opening up and helping each other with like resources and stuff yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, I I think about this often, actually, because when people are being vocal and, like, talking about stuff within the TF community, there's probably at least five people who are not being vocal but are, like, reading along with things. And, you know, obviously this isn't, like, a universal constant, but I feel like the people who are in a place to be vocal and have the willingness to do so it is a little bit incumbent to make as welcoming an atmosphere as possible and to have kind of like thoughtful discussions and again I mean that's like kind of like a the shared kind of responsibility that comes with building a community especially around something like transformation and obviously people fulfill it or don't fulfill it to various degrees but I was just kind of struck by that point because I think there are a lot of people who don't necessarily comment on things or say things but are like you know observing from the sidelines and like seeing what other people are saying and those things do have have impacts for example like with our podcast we have you know however many listeners and we will get a fraction of comments from people but i know that there are people who are listening and have like approached me or or libra or wherever at like conventions who've never commented on anything and been like oh yeah you talked about this thing this is really meaningful so i just always keep that in mind and so I'm kind of glad to hear that like validated to some degree by your own experience because it sounds like at least in terms of the things that you were consuming you really did get a benefit from having seen those like vocalized conversations
2: oh absolutely and that's that's kind of my goal uh as I start to get going more on like doing more streaming and potentially podcasting and stuff too is to have that same like speaking about something that others might be experiencing yeah even if either they don't realize it you know, it's a nerve-wracking thing because it is, you know, it's all personal stuff, you know, yeah. coming out about gender and all the, you know, sex stuff that can come off with, you know, TF and transformation whatever communities we're in. Yeah. But I think it's important just to make that dialogue and be like, this is okay. We're going to talk about it because we're adults and we can do that. And having those spaces where you can ask questions, I feel like is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And it's the general expectation I have which is like weirdly tough to find. And I keep saying this like every other episode because there's a lot of shame and there's also a lot of... um, There's a lot wrapped up in, uh, for instance, uh, you you discussing how you're exploring gender identity. And when there's a lot wrapped up in this plus everything else, uh, I think there's a lot of discomfort with being able to uh, keep the... Mindset of oh we're adults and we can talk about things right. I wish it wasn't that tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh,
0: when it comes to connecting, obviously you've talked a little bit about um what you have gotten out of it. Is there anything you're still like hoping to find out or connect with others about in terms of like within the scope of transformation?
2: I don't think necessarily just. I feel like not anything like in general, I feel like it's just working on building those spaces for other people to be comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a space right now. So for work, I'm a coach at a a very queer gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach martial arts for a living and that being in that space physically with the students that I have and the people that are there have again, helped me just be myself to the fullest yeah, And I think trying to create more spaces like that wherever I can is going to be kind of the, I don't want to say my career, but, you know, kind of a goal moving yeah. forward through, you know, other online and or physical spaces if that ever, you know, happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really laudable goal.
1: Yeah. It's refreshing to know that there are other people who want to pursue that sort of thing because it's uh it's very scary as well at least it can feel that way trying to connect with people has this uh can have this really strong feeling of disappointment and rejection and failure that can just kind of permeate into a bunch of other stuff and many of us have felt that i'm sure (laughs) all the faces
0: we're all silently like yep (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and it doesn't matter how old you get it's just it's just the way it is uh until it gets um dealt with somehow yeah but you know everybody helps each other at some point i think and i don't know i think that it's even good to know that for people who don't speak a lot in these spaces it's that much more important when people do Mm-hmm. So you never know when the kind word or comment or something like that can really carry somebody really really far mm-hmm. or you know or, or just or just make sure that they get through something that they just don't understand or think they can put up with everybody who's listening you know you could be that person and you know if it ever happens then uh, yeah know that maybe you did something even greater than you thought you would have yeah.
0: I'm curious as well then, Ozzy, are there any specific people that you've been like hoping to talk to, but haven't necessarily like gotten a chance to yet? If so, would you care to name names? <laughs> I'm curious.
2: I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like everyone who I've been like curious about has already been on the podcast. So I'm like, oh, All my questions are answered. <laughs> you know, I really liked Sparks from last week, I think it was posted. I thought that yeah. was a really interesting one because I've always loved his work. I remember from a while ago, like Lobo Leo, because I feel like he was yes. like one of the OG. Uh, he's he's definitely doing an OG. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. all of those have been really interesting, and not. So I, I feel like I'm not at a point where like I need to make like physical connection, mm-hmm. but just creating the space where I think maybe like smaller artists or smaller community members have that opportunity to reach out and not feel like afraid to do it is primarily the thing. I feel like I'm gonna try and go for like encouraging others to be like ask away you're not doing any harm the worst someone can do is say no
1: you know yeah yeah it kind of sucks to feel like there is a sort of a hierarchical thing i think it's because of how people get treated after a while if you gain enough uh popularity i think people will try to put you on a pedestal and Mm -hmm. then shit gets really weird and then you have to be guarded and although i can't really blame people for that it does suck when it happens Yeah, because
0: it also, like, I think about through the lens of, of course, the parasocial kind of relationships that you're alluding to, Libra, like, it can make it really just strange, like, to use celebrities as an example, like, It's like you almost put this distance automatically between yourself and the other person, but the other person is just a person. And so if you're approaching it in that way, you're not going to have a meaningful interaction because you are no longer actually treating the person on the other end of the conversation like a person, which, you know, I mean, sounds great from a TF perspective. We'd all like to be talking to monsters, but that's not really what's going on here, you know? And uh, it it makes things uncomfortable.
1: I mean. Discussing, uh, we'd all like to be monsters. I remember when I was asked yesterday of, uh, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could just do what monsters do? It's like, what if I want to just like tear someone's face off? I'm like, you could do that. You just, you just shouldn't, yeah. but you can. Exactly. <laughs> but you, yeah, yeah. And it was funny because my friend was like, oh yeah, like, could you explain to me how? And I'm like, oh man, make <laughs> me explain this is gonna make me sound psychotic, but here I go. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not going to explain that now, unless somebody really wants to know on the show. If they
0: really, if they really want, they can put in a question.
2: There was that article from years ago, or the news story of someone on Spice who they thought like zombies were coming because they went at someone's face and started ripping and tearing. So yeah, I guess you just got to get the right stuff in your system, and you're good to go.
1: <laughs> yep, and that, that's us, man. That that that's like no claws, no paws, no yeah. beak, no teeth. You know, yes, yes, we can. Yeah, we simply don't do it. <laughs> it, it. Wait, actually, hold on, because uh, this, was, this wasn't this was a comment uh, that was left by Evian Fox, because we talked about, you know, people being able to do, like, crazy things. Oh, yeah. And she left a comment uh, that reads, the talk about human instincts and abilities reminds me of some of my favorite Tumblr collaborative storytelling, where people weave how humans appear like crazy space orcs from other aliens' perspectives. They breathe flammable gas, and removing a limb will not stop a human, among many others. Also fascinating (laughs) we're able to see such a huge range of greens. But yeah, that's us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that basically is us, and it's slightly terrifying. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Indulge in it, friends. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, it makes for great times. I'm curious, you know, to talk a little bit about the themes and tone in your work, because I think that when it comes to TF, there's a lot of distinct ways that people can enjoy it. It becomes especially clear when you have gone to actually like do what we were just talking about and get to talk to them. So I was curious if you could maybe share a little bit as to what has influenced your art and influenced the themes that you like to depict within your art.
2: Yeah, um, it's hard to pin down like one specific thing just because I have like consumed so much media mm-hmm. in my life team. Yeah, I do feel like honestly a lot of it comes from fan fiction mostly okay. because it's another like very specific I don't hard to describe like type or thing that you can look at and it is already kind of tailored to you you know you can search through the tags and be like yeah. okay you know I want this kind of story blah 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 Um, so I feel like consuming that kind of media has moved over into my art just with the way that I not necessarily even just do transformation stuff but just NSFW stuff in general Mm -hmm. Um, it has just kind of influenced the way that I see it and draw it and kind of how I want it to be perceived anyway it's one of those things where it's like Oh, I feel like there's not that much art of this kind of thing. Guess I've got to do it myself. You know, right? So yeah. I feel like, surprisingly, that's that's where I feel like the biggest pull is from. Yeah,
0: the Thanos moment is strong for a lot of people, so that that
2: mm-hmm. that lines yeah. up.
1: <laughs> What's the Thanos moment in this instance? Oh, it's a uh, final
2: do, it, do myself. it myself.
1: <laughs> oh, that Doctor Doom
0: does it himself already. Okay, well, I'm sorry that's not the moment that's depicted Mano in the sucks, Marvel okay? universe. I'm not That'll su- the yeah. Yes, yes. I, he sucks. I, his I logic is bad. A lot of his things are bad. I am referencing a meme, okay?
1: No. No, Doom does everything. All hail Doom. Uh, okay, so you said uh you said fanfic. So, a fanfic of what? TV shows of what, if you care to if you care to name that.
2: Oh, boy, you're trying to out me. I see how it is.
1: <laughs> I'm curious.
0: I was just going to say, I can see a wonderful uh, Matrix poster behind you. Which
2: Yeah, we've got a Matrix and a couple of Moon Knight uh, comics behind me. Okay. And I'm surrounded by books, so Very good. you can't see those, but there's a library around <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> going to out myself here. Recently, unbelievably, it's been the Call of Duty Phantom. Really? <laughs> like the ghost soap stuff. Yeah, oh, I have yeah. not played Call of Duty since like black ops i think like Mm. the very first one on ps3 but for some reason it has had such an impact on me there's something in the water with the way that these fanfic writers have been (laughs) making this relationship happen that otherwise really does not have any screen time like it's a call of duty game like yeah It's military bros doing military things, you know. They have some vaguely, like, funny things that happen together, but they just took this, like, one single moment and they have just run with it. But there's been a lot of them, just the way that they write the characters that I could very much relate with as far mm-hmm. as like a relationship dynamic. Right. A lot of people have a tendency to write Ghost as a more ace individual who's kind of touch averse. And so that journey through their relationship is very often written in a lot of detail. So the relationships aren't touch centric like a lot of kind of stereotypical things that you see on TV. It's right. very much like emotional bonding and whenever people do together do get together it's a very like intimate moment and you very much feel like oh these people deserve to be together and you are happy for them in that moment so i feel like that has very much i don't want to necessarily say just just was the only influence for my work because i kind of already liked things like that but seeing it like written out in such a way that had such an impact on me it was definitely like okay this is what this is the kind of like intimacy that i like to see and want to see more of as far as art goes.
1: Hmm. yeah. That's really cool actually. And it shows uh, if you were ever wondering if you were getting that message across or that tone you totally fucking are, which is one of the reasons that Yay. your stuff is really <laughs> outstanding. And yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, Art account uploaded again, and I will share it with my friends."
0: <laughs> it's true. <Yay>. It's <laughs> actually <you>. it's funny <laughs> that
1: Libra mentions that that was actually how
0: I was first introduced to your work it was through Libra sharing like some of the like bangers you'd made and I'm like oh wow yeah those are bangers and so anyway so I digress (laughs) but yeah yeah
1: I'm looking for I'm, I'm looking for stuff uh all the time i'm always trying to look out for somebody's new upload if they upload a piece like is this a one-off or is this a thing that they want to do a lot of and i'm glad that i found you the uh the intimacy the touch all that stuff i want that shit and it's yes yeah, it's really fucking rare really rare yeah but um i'm glad i'm glad that you're doing it and if it took a bit of call of duty uh stuff to do it then cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, you know, I, I think it's so interesting because, you know, again, alluding back to Sparks' episode, he spoke a lot about, like, loving intimacy but like intimacy with the self. And I think a lot of your stuff is very much intimacy through the couples as you've kind of like talked about. So I'm curious if there's more you want to like elaborate on that. Obviously we just talked about ghost and and how that call of duty stuff had an impact on you, but I'm curious if there's like anything else that like specific to like couples broadly that you like exploring through transformation work.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is going to be even more in depth than outing myself on the fan fiction that I read <laughs> but <laughs> more it, the way that I draw into intimacy a lot of it is more personal mm-hmm. um, just on the way that I view it and want to kind of desire it right. um, that's definitely something that I've come to realize over the years that I've been doing this as well and drawing it more is that there is a lot more subtext to my work that involves a lot more of myself than I had originally realized when I first mm-hmm. started drawing it So being a trans, intimacy is a very, like, scary kind of thing for me. Um, So having it through the lens of transformation, very often you'll see I have kind of like one monster person, one more human person, Mm -hmm. um, very stereotypically with my stuff. And a lot of it is the monster person or whatever they're turning into, you know, is very much reminiscent or representative of kind of myself being the the ace and trans perspective of this is a part of me that I'm not really comfortable with maybe a little bit scared of Mm -hmm. but on the other hand I know I think we mentioned I can't remember if we mentioned it already or going to but that kind of like having a partner who knows you so well that they can kind of push and pull that out of you and tell you that they're comfortable with it and even encourage you to explore it um, is something that I like to explore a lot in my art because it's it's my opportunity to be able to do so mm-hmm. and be able to, you know, maybe feel or not feel that level of desire. You know, it's something that in if I were in a relationship, having that kind of mutual trust would be something mm-hmm. that I would really strive for of someone who really understands, like, hey, I will do this with you, but you got to understand, like, it's not not really my thing, or it's something that I'm nervous about, or, like, here's the boundaries for it. Yeah. So I think that's that's usually where it comes from for me. Yeah.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense, and I think about this a lot with TF, but also just, like, monsters in general. Like, they've so often been a avenue to be a metaphor for those kinds of, like, explorations of, like, queer themes and such, and so... Mm-hmm that definitely resonates with me i know that a lot of my exploration was done in like not obviously the same lens but in a similar kind of vibe of lens and i think that tf is just very good at lending itself as a stand-in for so many other things about ourselves so it's nice to hear that you know you've been using it in that way and that it has been helpful in terms of
1: having a an outlet to express those kinds of things yeah so do you also like the monsters themselves i know that's you know work with uh subtext and metaphor similarly similarly everything like that to spread a message but you like the monsters themselves too just wondering oh
2: yeah oh yeah absolutely (laughs) okay i like i I have to ask but i i have a tendency to be like through the monster's eyes kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah
1: (laughs) yeah okay Well, yeah, cause that's kind of what informs some of the tone. Um, mm-hmm. cause it, it there'd be something like from my lens, which, uh, which is a lot of desire, but from your lens, it is about acceptance because, um, maybe you see yourself in that position. And if you do, then yeah, you're going to get that, uh, you're going to get that distinct, uh, feeling from it. I just figured I'd ask cause there's, there's meaning to that when. Mm-hmm when you're considering what it is that you're sharing with people and what you're spending your time really trying to articulate. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm curious then, are there any, like, recent pieces that you've done where you were kind of expressing the way that you would want to, like, experience, like, a change or, like, undergo a change with someone else, like, interacting with that or see someone else change while you were interacting with them?
2: It's hard to pinpoint one because I've been working on a lot of, like, Kind of like Patreon stuff, yeah. So it's been I've been working a lot on just kind of some more different stuff. You know, doing different transformations with different like animals and creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to pinpoint down exactly one, but I feel like a lot of the work that you see with my my two main characters, Oswin. I took his name, yeah. <laughs> so you can see there's a lot of subtext with that. Wrote yeah. too much into him. <laughs> But a lot of the work with him and Nobu, the kind of black-haired person, mm-hmm. he's very the, very much the one who I, like, poured my a lot of aspects of myself into. Right. So his partner being the one to, like, egg him on. Um, and I can't necessarily point down one piece because they do that all the time in a lot of the yeah. pieces that I do. But really, anytime you see those two, that's a lot of the kind of myself coming through in, in those aspects.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I mean, they obviously feel like they have very distinct personality. So one of my next questions was going to be how you got the idea for each of them. But it sounds like mm-hmm. to some degree, one of them, has become a lot of stand-in for you know yourself or at least a, a persona of yourself, and then the other is almost like a foil. Would that be like a accurate way of putting it?
2: Yeah, I think so. Especially as, as I've kind of grown along with them. Whenever I first started making them, I they're both from uh, one of my web comics called Sanctuary, mm-hmm. and I started that in COVID. And when I originally started it. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to put kind of like some aspects of myself into these characters, but I want them to be their own thing. But again, kind of as I've gone along through the years and been like, oh, I put a lot more of myself into this person than I originally meant to, or maybe it was just subtext and I didn't know it yet, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's definitely, yeah, Oswin was a, it's me
1: yeah <laughs> yeah deals, in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds good to me i think that regardless of what you make there's always pieces of you in it mm-hmm. however much mm-hmm. you put into it it's always just gonna depend it's good to know though it's it's why i look at people's work with at least i don't really know well i try i try to really pay attention to what seems to come back because usually it, it says something about people but this is what makes it even better to be able to speak with people who create because, yeah, you can get some fascinating answers out of that. And also made me wonder if you are putting yourself into it, do you model the other character, the partner off of anybody else that you've ever known? Or did you just kind of put together some qualities and then as you're as you're working with the other character, you're sort of um like discovering them along with it?
2: A little bit of both, I would say. There's some characters have been like other people that are like in my life. Like mm-hmm. um, one of my characters that is also in Sanctuary, one of the other like main characters, is very much just like my sister in another skin. <laughs> you know, because I was like, all right, that's gonna be this is gonna be like a good dynamic to have with these two. Mm-hmm. So there's some characters where it's that aspect of like, all right, what's this like group dynamic gonna be like? But you'll notice with characters like those, I don't really draw them in my NSFW art a lot. For right. that reason, is because I've kind of assigned like them to this person, so it almost feels a little bit uncomfortable to draw them in that. Because you're like, ooh, they're a little bit too much like this other person I know. And yeah, I you know, yeah. no one knows that except for me. But it's just like a an internal monologue of like, ooh, you know, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah, do I it, that. you know. Yeah,
0: I can't I can't draw an S F W of the character based on my sister, you know, like Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's entirely I mean, fair. <laughs> she may think it's awesome, but you know, I'm like, hey, it's okay. Like I don't need yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah don't,
1: don't mistake that anybody who's nice to you and likes you is also somebody you should put in your fuck material <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you're going into the folder <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah that's interesting uh because i only recently started to think of how certain people come up with certain characters and yeah even like uh george carlin uh, if anybody has heard him speak in his material apparently he got that kind of voice and cadence from a guy he used to know and it's like yeah that's the effect that uh people can have on us when we're making anything
0: yeah i'm curious then actually um and maybe this is a bit of a side track but when it comes to like creating ocs you know there are a lot of artists who do do a lot of like oc creation oftentimes like you've kind of alluded to they get a little bit of background in like writing like fan fiction or what have you and then there are artists who i think don't really do much in the way of ocs it's just like it's either them or like you know a reference or a commissioner or whatever when it comes to creating stories with ocs do you have any advice or thoughts around going about creating ocs because i think sometimes people can struggle with that process
2: I think the main thing is just draw, write, create what makes you excited. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make for an audience. The audience will come. If you want to have longevity and you want to continue to create these things for a while, you have to be excited about it. Don't worry about catering to other people. A lot of times whenever people are doing like their first web comics fanfics what have you they have a tendency to go the kind of broad spectrum route and then they lose steam very quickly because they may get a lot of readers but Mm -hmm. they lose steam because it's like eh, i'm just not excited about it these this isn't what i actually want to be making even if it is like getting views or making money in some people's cases so i think just go with what excites you and don't worry about haters essentially you know you gotta (laughs) do what's gonna keep you going
0: haters gonna hate you know and all that good stuff
1: (laughs) the haters or the people who feel like they're in control of your content there's lots of people like that it's not too common but maybe somebody even listening now is somebody who has wanted to try something different and i've had at least one or two people who would message you and say you're making a big mistake you're gonna lose out on something if you do this i've had it i've had at least a really? couple of people kind of give me that shit yeah
0: i've never had that happen to me before so i'm just like fascinated hearing this
1: yeah uh, a long time ago someone who i won't bother to name said that uh if i keep drawing porn i'm going to lose fans and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> shut up <laughs>
0: the audacity of this bitch I don't even know who this person is and I'm like what?
1: <laughs> Mind you the same person had also I don't know why you bother to talk to me if I'm making porn and you're like yeah sex is born to me I'm like okay man I mean, like that's fair but like then go
2: to someone else's page <laughs> like, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, and and then I get told later on when I finally had enough oh you know you you don't know how to talk to people sure I don't okay whatever <laughs>
2: I think when it when it comes to being online, and we talked about making like spaces and communities, yeah. you have to, and you kind of talked about earlier about kind of building up a shell. I think in instances like those, it's important to build up a shell and be like, there are always going to be people who are like that, yeah. like it or not. So trying to make that community or make that space, you have to... I don't want to say gatekeep cuz that's not really what it is, but you have to be willing to like kind of set the hard lines of like, well, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And you always have to acknowledge that it's always going to be mm-hmm. it's always going to be that way, and it yeah. sucks, but it's just You got to set boundaries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you set boundaries and you curate. And just one more example mm-hmm. of that, other artists who I used to speak with they had decided they wanted to make a new OC and they had this really weird, weirdly emotional letter about how they were making a mistake in doing this because that's not really what they are. And they could tell that this isn't something that they should be doing. It was really fucking bizarre. Parasocial shit is nuts. But yeah. but it's fascinating. it never stops being fascinating because it's always so unique in how it ends up manifesting.
0: Yeah, I mean every single person who I think has been on that side of the like receiving end of that kind of a parasocial like effect between themselves and other people. I feel like everyone has their own unique way of like grappling with it, and so you get very strange or unique permutations on handling that because at the end of the day like, you know, to go back to, you know, our own base like biology like we as humans were not made to like be like treated in that way and i think our minds are still trying to like wrap our heads around it like even after all this time because like there's not really a guidebook for people in the social age of like this is how you deal with like having a big following or something like that like there's everyone is just figuring it out on their like own pace and at their own time and i think that there's a lot of work that could still be done to make people feel uh, like more comfortable and less like crazily elevated because again at the end of the
1: day we're all just like people we're like one person yeah and, and and just blew my mind thinking that now anybody can get famous for any little shit or be infamous yes it's yeah. really weird so that's now. the double-edged sword of the internet unfortunately Yeah,
2: And it can happen, like, overnight, too. So I feel like that's another aspect that either people, like, the artists, or, you know, if you're on TikTok, what have you, you go viral overnight. A lot of people are not ready. Like, maybe even you are trying to build up to that level of fame or infamy, what have you. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are not prepared for when that happens, of this sudden influx of people demanding that you make new content or whatever it is for them and people just can't keep up with it and it sucks because that was like yeah. the goal but it came at a time when someone wasn't ready they work a job already and can't dedicate the time to it so they kind of you lose out on it and it sucks but it that's what happens and that's slave to the algorithm kind of yeah does, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true
1: it's so unfortunately
0: and depressingly true
1: uh-huh. I it's good to know that you have the baseline of not really wanting to please people for your work, because yeah. in these spaces uh, you do meet a few people who want to do stuff that other people like, uh, and some even feel like they owe the community when this really isn't how it works. You make the things and you contribute if you want to. Well, again, you're making the things that you want to see because you don't find the themes, you don't find the intimacy with uh, you know people turning into monsters of being done in quite the way you like like some people do it but the way you do it yeah that's why you stand out and yeah it's good that you're that this is pretty much how you're starting i really would like others to follow that example and i wish i had that more in my head when i started posting art online never mind the stuff that we talk about now yeah i'm curious as well about
0: you know at least from what I've seen of your work, there's obviously a lot of not safe for work stuff and it often involves like, you know, sex and doing things. And I know we've talked about like how that is kind of a reflection to some degree of yourself, although obviously, of course, you are also ace. And I see, you know, people like will like push at each other's limits or like tease out the beast or like beckon changes and stuff. And I'm curious in your mind when you're creating this stuff, if there's like... A parallel between sex and, and transformation and then how that relates back to yourself
2: mm-hmm. i mean yeah i think there's definitely a relation because it is i do enjoy it in that mm-hmm. sense of yeah. it being uh, erotic being? yeah erotic That's a yeah i was like i don't know like what it falls under but yeah it's there you know it's on the scale of things to enjoy mm-hmm. it's hard to say like to immediately relate it to myself because I haven't had that experience of like being with someone you know yeah Yeah. but it is still that kind of idealized version and we talked about it a little bit already of having someone that you trust being able to push you um Mm. and I think within the realms of transformation for me anyway and I'm sure for some other people too being able to Put yourself into a different headspace during that time with whatever kind of play, you know, whatever animal kink you're into, putting yourself in a certain kind of headspace or having a partner be able to put you in a certain kind of headspace can help you through that more intimate moment and actually help you feel engaged with your partner or partners um, whenever that is happening. So that's kind of how I see that like push and pull that I do a lot between Partners is the getting into the headspace or pushing pushing someone into that headspace more so to make them more comfortable than anything else.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so would you say it's that sort of guide into, into safety mm-hmm. and help being able to help break through some, I you don't know, just, just some kind of fear that maybe you have or insecurity? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but gotcha. That's good stuff. I enjoy that um, there's also a depiction of a good way to push boundaries. It's because, mm, all right, that's that's the importance of the intimacy. If you know one another and you're going to push a boundary, that's the healthy way to do it because you already understand where this person wants to be versus what they're resisting or what's holding them back from doing it. Hmm. And, yeah, I think if that were understood a little bit more by people – you could get a lot of uh, you get a lot of interesting stories out of it too. Mm-hmm. I would want to see how people would want their boundaries pushed in what aspects that way I guess the introspect through art can be that much more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: I think I one thing I'll mention about that actually, you know, just to pick on the the pushing the boundaries piece. I think having it done in a healthy way is such like a nuanced conversation to have and I feel like a lot of people aren't necessarily ready sometimes for that kind of a nuanced conversation because of course you know we all have like hard boundaries and kind of soft boundaries and I think people sometimes struggle with how do I communicate through, like, a piece that, you know, this thing that I'm pushing on is, like, a, a soft boundary that I'm trying to, like, maybe work out myself or, like, I've been talking about with another person and now I'm exploring it through art because, and, and this kind of ties back a little bit to social media, I think sometimes the reactions from people about certain things can then guide the art process when it should be the other way around. And so I think sometimes there's like a struggle there in terms of like, how do I show that I am like doing something that is respectful of my characters and myself and communicate that to you through the artwork? Because I think sometimes people to be frank, I think people have a little bit less media literacy than they used to uh, for, <laughs> for various reasons. But, you know, I think it can be challenging then to, like, directly communicate something with the nuance that it deserves is, I guess, what I'm trying to say.
2: Definitely. And I definitely think that that's something to be learned kind of as you go along, too. Mm-hmm. If that is your goal and you want to communicate that with your art or just in life. yeah, um, It's something that you can definitely learn more as you go along. I feel really lucky because going back to kind of job stuff but with martial arts i'm in a sport that is very physical very boundary pushing that a lot of people are just not comfortable with yeah and it takes a lot of time if they do stick with it to get comfortable being in bad situations essentially like um it's jujitsu if you have it's kind of like wrestling Yeah, yeah um but it's a it's a physical people are on top of you trying to potentially harm you kind of sport Mm -hmm. and getting people to push past that boundary of like, all right, this person is going to touch you, but you can tell them to stop at any time. And I think a lot of just being in that sport for so long and being coaching people through that for so long has really helped me understand like how people's brains work in those situations. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like all knowing about it or anything, (laughs) but I just, I feel like I've gotten a little bit of insight as to, how much anxiety people have about just being in other people's spaces Mm -hmm. or speaking up whenever they feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, just, just kind of has it aside, but I I feel lucky that I've been in a space where I can kind of relate the two and throw them back and forth between the other. Yeah. um, Just to get that a little bit more understanding of how to make people comfortable.
0: Yeah. And I like, to be clear, I don't think you're presenting yourself as a professional either, but you are sharing like a very genuine experience that has at least informed your view into uh you know our psyche as it were and you've taken your own lessons away from that right and i think that's Mm -hmm. a valuable thing to share because you know just as everyone has their own unique experience with it so do you and so i mean i think that's a valuable thing to share
1: there's also the element of empowerment because outside of that space you're giving people the ability to tell people no in a way more forceful way if needed Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and that is and, and carrying that with you once you leave is one of is, is something really priceless. Yeah, I because I think about I never thought about it that way, that you could be in that situation. Like, okay, stop. I always thought about the end result. Like once I leave here, I will be I'll leave these little parts behind, but I'll take these new things with me. So in a way, I guess that could sort of uh do you feel like that translates into your work too? with, a, with a, each time you explore a scenario between the, you two characters?
2: I think so. Yeah, it's it's all... I mean, I try to take everything as a learning experience, even if it's just like a sketch or something. Yeah, I try to make that intimacy happen, even if it just is a sketch. So trying to put something in and then get something out of it is something I, I feel like I've been trying to do a lot more, especially as I've gone along further in my own journey. and wondered or started to wonder more i say about like why i draw the things that i draw and why i like doing it so much so yeah i think the intimacy aspect of it is something that i've been still like continuously exploring in that same realm of kind of the give and take or giving and taking something
1: back out of it yeah okay yeah and yeah that's that's really great and it also goes to show for people who are interested in, in making their own stuff You can apply any parts of your life into this fantasy and really add parts of you that, I don't know, maybe you didn't realize were there or were really significant to you. Mm -hmm. That's really fucking cool. That does make me wonder, though, just to get to another question that I had, which was since there's intimacy and that's on an emotional level and comfort level, there's a lot of sex. Um, so, I don't know. Is there, like, a piece of media that got you into putting the two together? Because, yeah. That's out of call of Um, duty. Guns are all very phallic. (laughs) The missiles all go wherever (laughs) they want at any time.
2: Don't call me out like that. (laughs) No, but, um, honestly, I feel like just seeing other people's, like, NSFW art, I can't remember the name of the artist, but there is one in particular who it's just Dish does human, they just have human OCs, but I just being, remember like, being so blown away by how, like, visceral and emotional that they yeah. portrayed these characters, even if they were in, like, very NSFW situations, you know, they were mm-hmm. having sex all over the place, but they just portrayed them so, like, fully in love, that I was like, oh, Wow, that's what I want to do, and like that is the kind of like relation I don't want to say relationship, but I guess partnership you could say that yeah. I would want to strive for either for my OCs or with myself and some someone or some ones. And I, I can't remember the name off of the top of my head, I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, seeing their art I feel like was the jumping off point of being like, okay, I can make this and have it be more than just. I'm drawing sex for the sake of drawing sex. You know, I can have it be a connection between two people and show other people that it's more than just, you know, one person inside of another person. Yeah. You know, there's there's connection and there's intimacy here between those two characters.
1: The difference between making fuck and making love. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a great way of putting (laughs) it. That's it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to make some fuck (laughs) with (laughs) a character?
2: I'll take a fuck, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think that's a really good way of putting it, Libra. And, you know, I think when it comes to a lot of your pieces, I've noticed that, like there is less of the, oh, this is just, you know, for a fuck. And this is more about the connection between the two characters. And I think for a lot of people in particular, there is a aspirational element that they see in pieces like that, where it's like, you know, the DeviantArt God, I wish that was me kind of thing. But like also like on a deeper level, it's like, you know, these are the kinds of touching kind of intimate moments that, you know, someone might want to have with another person. And I think there's just something really special about depicting those moments, you know, especially within a community like TF because we have such a specific interest like sometimes we can focus quite a bit on you know oh like we've got the the change of this and you're going to react that way and blah, blah blah but it's also sometimes nice to just see like two people who are in a relationship like undergoing that and like feeding off of each other to some degree even if only one of them is the like one changing and i think there's something really special about that because that's really only something that you see mostly in community art like obviously there's been some great stories in like actual media that do depict it in that way as well but if you want it on a more regular basis I guess is what I'm trying to say the place to find that is within the community and you know I think there's something really special about that
2: I did find the artist just now just so you know if you wanted to if other people wanted to look at them Uh, they are on twitter at feedy underscore nsfw it's f-i-d-i okay perfect Um, but yeah, I feel like
0: that'll go in the show notes.
2: Yeah. Seeing their art was the, like the pinnacle of like, I can do that and have it not be like just sex for sex thing.
0: Yeah. Then I want to build on that a little bit because I think in like some of your like public chatting, I think you've mentioned getting some mixed reactions around your work um, and how some people have made generalizations about it. And I'm wondering if that had something to do with like your NSFW art or how you were like portraying it or I guess I'm curious to hear, like, you go a little bit more detail into, like, what your experience was with that. Yeah, so
2: I'm very open with the people in my life, at least, like, the immediate friend groups that I have. Yeah. So almost all of them know that I do make NSFW art. Like you now we've got a Patreon. Um, yeah. I haven't actually, I don't think I've ever actually shown them what I do. Um, but mostly, I say the. I talked about the interesting reaction more so in the fact that whenever you tell people that you make any kind of NSFW art, it's always the immediate, like, huh I bet it's furry. And you're like, yeah, oh sometimes it is. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. And there's like no further questions. It's just like a shutdown of like, oh. You know? And I'm like, oh, I thought we were going to like open up a conversation about this. And yeah. I'm sure there's definitely. Like, a couple people that I feel like I do or would be open to have a conversation with. Mm. And I could, like, very openly talk about, like, oh, this is what I make. Like, here, let me show you. But at the same time, it's also still, you know, we're still in a niche part of that community, you yeah. know? So we're, like, kind of in between furry, in between human. Um, So trying to explain what it is and why I like to make it also feels... Like a really big, like, I'm gonna have to get real personal with it. Like, they know that I'm, yeah, like, they know that I'm ace and all that good stuff, but it's still like, oh, you, you like this, don't you? I'm like, "Ah, now we have to go into a different conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like explaining all of this to you. Like, I make the thing, I like making the thing. uh, We're good there. Yeah. (laughs) So it's not necessarily like reactions to my work, but more so just talking to, people who don't consume the not safe for work art about what they think about it. And there's mm-hmm. just a lot of broad spectrum generalizations that of course happen whenever someone is outside of something and looking in and being like, oh, that's, that's bad. Or that's, you know, one thing or another. So I just thought it was, it was an interesting little tidbit that I see out of people who I have told.
1: Mm hmm what circumstances have you ended up telling them just casual conversation and like oh what are you going to be doing tonight
2: yeah yeah it will yeah i'm in a like i said I'm i love in a very that. uh queer gym so it is not the most out-of-pocket thing that gets said during a night i will tell you that <laughs> there are worse things that get said through the night and we just kind of roll with it you know yeah so yeah we we joke about it all the time like oh they're they're going to go draw dicks for the night. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> Got some commissions to work on. Don't bother me.
0: <laughs> and that's a great yeah. way to spend a Thursday evening, in my opinion. Exactly. How, you know.
1: <laughs> and I'm glad at least uh, you don't catch a lot of flack for it. Mm-hmm. There is one other thing that I wonder if you ever uh, get concerned about. Because if you've, you said you want to talk to people, but... You ever been concerned that people may just uh you may you may end up actually speaking with them about something or trying to get into it and then just being like, oh okay. And then get nothing. Because I've worried about that sometimes.
2: Yes and no, because I feel like I do kind of pick and choose, at least like in outside of online things, who I'm talking to people about. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it is this stuff, because it is kind of personal, you know. So the, the people that I tell at least you know outside of online are people who I trust with the information who I feel like I can tell things without them either spreading it or I know what they're thinking or we've already talked about it.. Yeah. Um, so they have like some insight as to why I do it, why I like doing it, even if it's not like super deep, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I haven't run into that situation yet where it's been like a hard stop on a conversation. But sometimes you'll be online, and you'll try to make a point or something, and it, you're just screaming it into the void, and you don't get any responses at all. And then you're just like, oh, maybe I should just d- delete that comment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's definitely happened, where I've, like, posted something and been like, is this relatable? And then no one says anything, and I'm like, oh,
0: well, maybe not.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that's why I try to sometimes say something, anything, like, Tiny Pig Draws. Well, sometimes say something and i'm like wow nobody's really talking to this person And it's like i my dream is to make uh, a shonen manga i am over 30 years old it's like somebody just tell them to do it because they <laughs> should probably try to do it
2: yeah absolutely now, i have had that situation on the other end though where mm-hmm. you know someone will post something maybe you know someone's having a down in the day, kind of thing or not feeling great about their art bruh <laughs> I remember your post a couple days ago when I was like, nah, don't you dare
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like you pick yourself up right now but there have been other people um, where maybe I haven't had like any interactions with them or they'll post something where it's like oh, I didn't feel great about this piece, you know, not feeling great today and I'll want to be like let's say something uplifting, let's get this person going, but then mm. I'll type it out and be like maybe that's not what this person needs right now or this isn't gonna be taken the way that i intend it so then i get nervous about it and i'll just delete it because i don't want to be the one who says something you know that sets someone off even more even if mm-hmm. it has good intentions you you never know you know the the whole online thing there's no really way to tell if you're being tone of voice essentially is what no. i'm saying is it's hard to come across whenever you're trying to comment on something yeah so i have been on the other end where i've been like Ooh, i want to say something but yeah. I don't I don't want them to take it the wrong way or I hope that this is an uplifting thing and they know mm-hmm. that I mean it in that yeah. way.
0: Cuz it, it's hard cuz like you can't necessarily communicate tone through the internet. So like mm-hmm. you said like you don't yeah. know how something's going to land or how someone's going to take it based on their own, you know, lived experiences and such. So I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: also the idea where I think there's more regrets to be found in what you don't do versus what you do. So every now and again I try to say a little thing and if you don't want to overstep keep it as simple as possible because that also can be okay maybe it won't actually help anybody feel better or motivate them but might not fuck anything up either
2: yeah you might just get a conversation
1: starting oh that too if you get that that feels really good
0: Mm -hmm. so then i guess as a last question i have on your stuff You know, you've described and kind of set out this kind of like grand theory of why you like what you do and the kind of approach you have towards it. Would you like to see others explored in the same way that you do, and if so, why?
2: Of course, because it means more content for me to like. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it kind of, kind of in that selfish way. It's yeah, I want to see more stuff where either it's people making it just for the sake of making it or. Mm making it for the sake of exploring intimacy like we've been talking about but yeah it's it's something that I'm not seeing a lot of and I was like all right I got to do it now so if we start to see an uptick of other people doing it that's even better (laughs) it's more stuff for me to look at and be like all right I got to be as good as that
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a perfectly good way to look at it. and Sure, do it more that way. And Some people, um, I understand, they just want to see uh, people do different things. But uh, sincerity, I think, is the takeaway I get from yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sincere work. Yeah. And yeah, make sincere work. Actually communicate the things that you want to. Don't be scared to confront them if people want to talk to you about it, if you can help it. hmm And, um, you know, it's been good learning about your thoughts behind your work. And I really do hope also that it motivates more people to make stuff like that. I love seeing it too. That's two people who are making content that want to see more of it. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Without our
2: permission, let's go. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) You have the Um,
1: blessings. Yes,
0: (laughs) that's a great way of putting it. Oh, man. Well, we did have some interesting audience questions that I wanted to make sure that we had time to get to. And the first one comes from Max Velocity, always bringing us some bangers. And Max says, TFRP is totally doable as a very short-term project or duration. However, an entire TF-centric tabletop RPG campaign is almost never done because not enough people have attempted it. I'm now attempting that and will will keep you all updated. My question is, if you were going to run such a campaign, would you think it would be best to have TF for the characters be either A, the goal, with some sort of TF that the p- players progress through towards an ultimate reward, B, as a punishment for failing various like combats or checks and such, or C, as a cost where there's more TF that happens with the use of powers. So I don't know who would like to take a stab at that first. I
1: don't really care for any of those answers in terms of, like, the best. I think all those could be consequential to a universe where you could have people turning in this stuff. And I think of the people who want to be able to change. Why should they strive until the very end? Why should it be the carrot dangling? Why can't it be something that that they gradually progress on, that they can change parts, change uh, a little bit or a lot, a little more frequently, a lot more frequently, more or less control? I, I think those are... It's a different mindset for for making that kind of... Uh, for whoever's running that campaign, I can see that's the thing that you want. But those don't really work for me out of the options. So yeah, I would say that um, I think there needs to be an openness to a variety. If you want transformation to be the focus of it, I would say you can make some costs, limitations, caveats, and the drives between characters... Do you think that there's something innate about them that uh, keeps them from doing it? Maybe people who do it very easily who don't have any control. I find it. Uh, I find it limiting if I just choose one of those options. So yeah, that's how I feel about that. So, so
0: you reject the premise of the question. Yep. <laughs> All right. I I, I hope that's entertaining, Max. I will take a stab at answering this as well. I feel honor bound to say C where it's a cost. And I'll I'll elaborate why. Obviously, we've had the folks from To Change on here before in uh, past episodes. And that is very much how their kind of tabletop RPG is structured to some degree. And I find it a fascinating framework for a tabletop game. I think it's really excellently done and when you like play through as I have multiple times in different scenarios it makes it really interesting because especially if you're a TF person like you obviously want to TF but there are like in game reasons where by doing that too much can be a a punishment of sorts and so you have to like choose how much you're going to change in like a very like deliberate way and I think that's a really interesting way to approach a mechanic so at least if I was like on the face of it trying to think about what I was going to do, I would pick that one because I know there's a system that will lend itself well to that and then I can build a story within that framework. So, yeah, I would say C.
1: If you like that, play Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter.
0: Okay. I've never heard of that, but okay.
1: Oh, you never heard of it? I'll give you a quick thing about it. Every Breath of Fire game features a character that can turn into a dragon. In that game, you have the mechanic of turning into a dragon, which makes you incredibly powerful. If you do it too much... Can't change back, and it's game over.
0: Sounds good to me. Where do I sign up to game over?
1: PlayStation Two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Art Accountant?
2: Um, that's tough because I feel like I feel like I would need to know more about what the other like rules are for this. Because if this is an entirely mm-hmm. new like tabletop, like you're not running off of any kind of like D and D base or you know five mm-hmm. base, what have you? I feel like it's gonna be tough to keep it balanced. Yeah, because I do feel like some of the D and D stuff, like some of the stuff from Critical Role, does have some actually kind of cool transformation ish oh, yeah. stuff. Um, like the the Blood Hunters are a really cool mm. yeah, homebrewed yeah, yeah. class that you you know you can get frenzied if you lose too much blood and automatically turn and start to attack your own partners. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. How I feel like what I would have people do is a little bit more of a punishment, but I feel the end goal would have to be kind of along the lines so i feel like you could do any of these three Mm -hmm. pretty easily but you would just have to alter what the end goal would be so you'd kind of have to build the campaign around um but it could be really fun to do it as a punishment or even like a saving throw so at the start of the day you could have each of your players roll like i don't know whatever system you're using but like a 20 and if they get above a certain amount maybe they keep human for that much longer if they get below maybe a certain part of them starts to shift a little bit so i think you could really play around with it depending on what your player's goals are yeah but yeah i think it's an interesting concept that could be worked with
0: absolutely and i think that would be a really cool way to structure it as well so i i dig that answer too
1: i'll throw a bone and say that if i did have to pick one then it would be c do the costs What happens with the use of powers? There you go. Hell yeah. Cool. And then the other question we
0: have is from
1: Figer Fire. And so
0: they ask, you can TF into your Sona, but you have to do something uncomfortable or in opposition to your character. What do you think it is for you? And what would you think it is for the other folks around you? So I'm going to try and take a stab at this. In my context, I'd be TFing, I'm presuming, into uh, my Lomback Sona but I would have to do something that would be in opposition to what he is like. So my cheeky answer would be that he would have to paint a portrait of someone because he's like the most art averse, like character of like my like Sonas and such. Uh, Not because I don't see myself as artistic, but I just like, that's not how I structured him as a Sona. So I think it would actually be funny if like I had to like do some art to, like, TF into him because, like, while that wouldn't necessarily be, like, an opposition to me, it would be an opposition to him as a character, and so I think that would be kind of amusing. Um, I'm not sure how to answer the second part of what do I think it is for the other folks around you. I think maybe that's, like, I'm supposed to guess it for you two, but
1: maybe I'll let you guys go first uh,
0: before we get to that.
1: Okay. Uh, you want to take a stab at it, uh, accountant?
2: Yeah, sure. I'm trying to think what which Sona it would be. So I have a Sona that is like Oswin's Sona, which is Mm -hmm. the Jackal. But I also have Loon, who I haven't really done much art of, who's a Sabretooth. But I feel like it'd probably be the Jackal. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: as far as something in opposition, I feel like him turning in front of like a stranger or someone who's like just an acquaintance yeah i feel like he's a he's a very private person about it yeah so him having to out himself and be like okay i barely know this person but let's do this would be a very like uncomfortable thing yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not sure about the about the other half if that's like about yeah like you said you two or like if we're talking to other characters who are in that situation, yeah. watching it happen, so I'm not sure about uh-huh.
1: that one. Yeah, uh, the fundamental flaw of that question is uh, asking the guest. As nice as it can be to speak with the guests. we don't know them that well. Just kind of be like, "Yeah, that's exactly what you wouldn't do." <laughs>
0: okay, well, why don't and you go sweet. first, Libra, and then we'll do each other. How about that? On on voice. <laughs>
1: Where people could hear? Yes. <laughs> right now. Uh. <laughs> um I have that Sono, but it's not a different personality. It's just me. Mm-hmm. So um, here I am thinking of all the things I really wouldn't want to do or something that's out of character. Damn. I think uh something that would be out of character would be to say like, make eye contact with people I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's there great. You go. <laughs> <laughs> you just find the nearest dirt bag. <laughs> like I haven't seen you in a while, and just maintain eye contact. <laughs> That's <do> great. not. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was
0: gonna say one I would give to you that I think would be like in opposition to you would be like having to like recite basically like an entire like corporate speak kind of like spiel. I feel Aww. like you'd want to like jump out of your skin
1: doing that, and so that would be something I would pick. Oh man, that just made me think of uh, an easy trigger would be to to have professional work in a suit in a tie in slacks. Absolutely detest that. <laughs> now, now you should draw Felray wearing a suit. We just, just, uh, just way more fun to break out of. Don't fucking hate that yeah, that's shit. That's true. That's true. <laughs> really it is fucking a good hate one it. Yeah. Yeah, to destroy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As for you, Zil, I see. What would you do out of character? Hmm. I- I'm trying to settle on one thing. For some reason, I think of. uh you know, just uh, leaning over and just saying something, in, like, insulting to somebody It'd be like, your shoes are fucking, like, I don't know, <laughs> your, your shoes are, are, like, whatever. I don't know. Casually insult insulting somebody. a
0: passerby? Yeah, actually, that would yeah. be pretty in opposition to me. I'd, like, want to die doing that because I'd be like, I don't know this person. Why am I being mean to this person I'd never even met oh. before? So, yeah, actually, <laughs> I think that would be a pretty good fit.
1: <laughs> you walk like you got rocks in your fucking shoes. <laughs> what? What? <laughs>
0: Oh god! And then I would shrink eight inches, and then I'd be like, "Shit! Now am I gonna deal with this angry person?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just remember that, from what I could tell in the Ratchet and Clank games, you have an inhuman amount of strength. So that, you'll yes, that is probably Be okay.
0: That's true. I could also get picked up by someone who's like two feet taller than me, and then we'd have a problem. But you're right. That is a good. How point. do you? How,
1: okay. First of all, if they pick you up, they'll regret it. and second what what if you're what if you're like wolverine and you have like incredible density
0: yes you're like a boulder (laughs) yeah yeah. that's off the ground yeah no i've seen people (laughs) speculate that before actually so that would actually be pretty funny to like learn that way like
1: hmm. that's why it's the cannonball special that's why Colossus <laughs> throws Wolverine at because that's it <laughs>
0: that's true. that is basically the there outcome, you go. so
1: <laughs> oh yeah now, 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 I'm gonna be thinking of that you have you're 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 very tiny, and people would think it's very easy to accommodate you no you know don't don't give them the tiny stools don't don't yeah. give them the cheap furniture, <laughs> it won't last. I'll just crush it, yeah i love that oh my god you're not
2: allowed to have any furniture at all yeah you have to sit on the floor
1: <laughs> oh man why does everything look like a like it's got to be built out of the actual ratchet and clank games because nothing nothing should be any less advanced yeah to hold the ass
0: <laughs> oh my god now i'm just thinking of having the most dense ass around and i just i love that it's perfect <laughs> ass. So. oh man well that was all the audience questions I had I don't know if you had any questions for us potentially
2: um I mean none that I can think of off the top of my head or none that it would be good
0: <laughs> I mean bad is also okay like I'm good with like random questions out of nowhere
2: um I guess since we talked a lot about like community and stuff is there anything you two are hoping to like either continue to build or your goals with the podcast or even just the discord server is there anywhere that you're kind of hoping to take it or are you kind of okay with what's happening right now
0: Mm -hmm. that's a great question um i mean i'll go first and then libra you can jump in i think i'm pretty happy with how things have developed particularly actually on the discord server you know We have a really wonderful group of folks, and I don't say that just because they pay me, but like straight up, (laughs) like there's actually a really nice vibe to the Patreon server that I ideally would want. And, you know, like when you just have people coming in, you never know what kind of vibe you're going to get because it's just random people coming in off the Internet. But like genuinely... I really enjoy what has developed so far, like in particular, and this is oftentimes without me even like saying anything, like it's just folks talking about like, oh, this is a cool TF and how would you do this? Or like, you know, sharing art pieces and talking about like what resonates with you. And like everyone's just incredibly respectful uh, and I really appreciate that and also have great ideas. So I'm really happy with that. I'd say broadly speaking with the podcast, I mean, obviously we hope to continue to do what we're doing, but I think one of the largest goals, at least that I have when it comes to this project of a podcast is to just create so much content about people talking from different perspectives in TF that anyone from the community could come in and there would be an episode for them. That's, I think, the ultimate goal. If you can see yourself reflected in a topic or a guest and hear them talk about something that deeply resonates with you, that's kind of my end goal at least. And I I think also like just creating a space to have like conversations like vocally because TS, us as TF spans outside of cons don't really get an opportunity to do this kind of a thing. And so I think it's important to at the very least hear people doing it. So maybe it will encourage you to do that
1: in your own life as well. So nice. I would have to say that a goal that I kind of strive for with the podcast is Kind of a similar goal that I use for my server, at least. Um, But I kind of take this attitude to most places. As idealistic as it sounds, like bridge this perceived gap of people who are into transformation with uh, the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems like a lot of people carry the idea that as long as you're into this, this is a thing and it is completely... Away from everything else, every other kind of person. And I don't really like that because it means that if you're feeling something or imagining something or want to explore something, it has to be away from the rest of your life. And that feels like it really sucks. And people already have a lot of baggage with it. So that's the thing I try to do is make sure that uh, if people see this stuff, they can discuss it, uh, they can communicate it, they can mm-hmm. articulate it to other people, and uh, and get other people interested. Because look, man, if if you if we're making porn or just any kind of content where the where the the where it's about people turning into stuff or creatures or or animals, it's just Really good if people on the outside can step in and actually take a look or talk about it. If you want people to accept, uh, you for who you are and feel comfortable in your skin, that has to be part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that I'm striving for. This, if it's a meaningful part of your character, I think there ought to be ways to meaningfully express it and enjoy it with people outside of the comfort groups or to let certain people in because yeah. art is art. I would love to be able to show more of my things to more people. And then in, and instead of uh, it being sequestered to this place of this is a niche kink thing. Could you look at it like a piece of work? Cause I look at every other piece of porn or every other piece of art, like it's art. Yeah. Give us the same consideration. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great having you on, Art Account Aussie. Um, I haven't been able to settle on a name yet, but yeah, it's been <laughs> great. Works, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you already listed uh, where you could be found at the beginning. I didn't know if you wanted to Yes, maybe... drop it again. Drop where people yeah. can find you. <laughs>
2: if you want to follow me on Patreon, I am patreon.com slash lunacyart. Um, I am also on twitter under the same handle or if you want the more tf stuff which is what we're here for um that is the art accountant one and it is also on blue sky under art accountant as well so those are kind of the main ones that you will find me under
1: perfect please follow them for uh more than the transformation stuff please take a look remember it's all art this is all heart and meaning and just good good vibes yeah just being put out there and uh give it a chance
0: yeah and fun question on the way out Are you, or were you ever an accountant? No. Uh.
2: So the reason I came up with that name is because there was a running joke, I think, on TikTok Uh of people who were like sex workers, like online sex workers or, you know, any kind of person who did like porn online for money. And the joke was that whenever people would ask them what they did for a living, they would always just default to, I'm an accountant because there's a very limited amount of questions mm. that you can ask with that. Yeah. So you kind of get off scot free, so I was like, "Oh, I'm an art accountant."
1: Oh my gosh. I <laughs> and that's love how that. I
2: that's how I landed Fuck. on that name.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> I blade. wish I wish I thought of that. <laughs> that's great. Really good. I, yeah name origins we got to ask more about yeah, that yeah. well that's i was
0: like i have this burning question i didn't have a, a place to like slot in so i was like i have to ask before we go because it's it's too juicy to to not ask so very fair, very fair. <laughs> but yeah thank you so much oswin for coming on and thank you again everyone for listening to this week's episode i hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it and uh really enjoyed like the topics that we got to explore here in you know, hope to continue to bringing more of those kinds of conversations to you. So in the meantime, I hope that everyone gets some good rest. I hope that you stay hydrated as we are entering the waning days of the summer in the Northern Hemisphere and that you keep an open mind and stay TFE and we will uh, see you back again next week.
1: And ask us questions. That way we have more stuff to talk about. Want to hear what we have to say or react to.
0: All the questions, all the questions.
1: It's AMA every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Night.